This is the message from Connection Community Church for Easter Sunday, April 21st, 2019. I am the resurrection and the life. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very good, very good. Let's say it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's an Easter greeting, and it means praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord. Praise, Praise the, the Lord. Lord. Christ is risen. Amen. Christ is risen indeed. It's Easter morning, and that means today we come to the end of our Lenten journey that we've on for quite a while now. And we've covered six of the seven I am statements of Jesus found in the book of John. Today we're going to look at number seven where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of the risen Savior. Would you pr please pray with us? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for gathering us here in this incredible <clears throat> gift that you've given us at 4744 Summit Bridge Road. And for those who are joining us on Facebook Live, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and for your message that you are alive. We pray this in your holy name. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So as we shared last week on Thursday, this past Thursday, Jesus had his last meal with his disciples, and then he was arrested, taken into custody, beaten, and found innocent as he went to trial, and then sentenced still just the same to death by the Roman governor Pilate, who was uh, to appease the cries of the crowd, who were encouraged by the religious leaders, who were threatened by Jesus because of all he said and all he did. On Friday then, Jesus was hung on a cross where he was hung for hours until he finally collapsed in exhaustion and thus suffocated and died. He was taken down. His body, as was the custom, was covered in spices and myrrh and he was covered in linen and buried in a borrowed tomb. And that was that. That was that, or at least that's what his followers thought. Even though he had shared all about his death and resurrection, they only heard part of it. They only heard the part that said death. They weren't processing the resurrecting part. When he died on the cross and was buried in the tomb, they thought it was over. They thought it was finished. As far as they were concerned, it was done. Mm. So you ever been there? <laughs> been there where, where you felt like something was finished over the end, maybe before you were ready <laughs> for it to be over? You know, where it's to the point where you just can't see beyond where it is, where you just can't see any possibility of possibility, where you just can't imagine anything more. I think maybe we've all been there at one point or another. Maybe it was uh, uh, in terms of health, maybe yours or the health of a friend or a family member. Maybe it was in terms of a relationship. Perhaps it was in uh, uh, terms of a job, maybe an audition, maybe a tryout. Or maybe it was just, maybe it's just looking in the mirror and not seeing any future in the person who's looking back at you. Because sooner or later, I think we all have trouble seeing beyond 
whatever it is that's dying or has died in us and in our lives. Resurrection is often beyond our realm of possibility. And that's what it was like for Jesus' followers that Easter morning. After Jesus' death on Friday, the next day was Sabbath. So everything kind of just stood still. They didn't do anything until Sunday morning. Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene was there first. Here's what we find in the book of John, one of the four books of the New Testament, where the Bible tells us about Jesus' story. John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. It was the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene came to the grave early in the morning while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been pushed away from the grave. She ran to Simon Peter and the other follower whom Jesus loved. John doesn't tell us here why Mary Magdalene went to Jesus' tomb on that first Easter morning. Mark and Luke the writers of the second and third books of the New Testament, John wrote the fourth, they're the writers of the second and third, they tell us that Mary, along with some other women, were going to the tomb that morning to anoint Jesus' body with spices, <coughs> Excuse me, which was custom because they didn't embalm. John leaves out this detail for whatever reason. What he doesn't leave out is the idea that Mary was totally surprised by what she found when she got to the tomb. She's expecting a dead body in a tomb that still has the stone in place covering the entrance. And what she got was the stone removed and the body removed as well. Surprise, surprise, surprise. (laughs) And so she runs to the followers of Jesus, to, to Simon Peter and the other disciple, according to Scripture, the one Jesus loved. What's pretty funny here is the guy who's writing this is John, who is the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. I love how he refers to himself there. Anyway, when she gets to to them, this is what she says when she gets to them. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where where, where they have put him. She's not wondering who took the Lord out of the tomb. Instead, she's wondering where. Where? have they put him? Where have they put him? She was expecting to find Jesus and she comes up empty. She needs an answer because it just doesn't make sense. You see, resurrection is not part of a reality, at least at this time. She's still in the everyday, in the earthly mode. And that means that dead bodies stay dead. (laughs) Dead bodies stay dead in the tomb. Stone in place. Hmm. Then Peter and the other follower went to the grave. They ran, but the other follower ran faster than Peter and came to the grave first. He got down, looked in, saw the linen cloths, but but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came and and went into the grave. (laughs) He saw the, the linens lying there, The white cloth that had been around the head of Jesus was not lying with the other linen cloths. It was rolled up and lying apart by itself. And then the other follower who had come first went in also. He saw and believed. They still did not understand what the holy holy writings meant when they said that he, Jesus, must rise again from the dead. And then the followers went back again to their homes. So Peter 
and John run to the tomb to see what Mary is talking about. They run. They don't walk. They don't saunter. They run, Scripture says, because what she tells them is totally contrary to what would even be on the radar to what they're expecting. And just like Mary, they saw Jesus die. They saw Jesus nailed to the cross, and they expected him to stay dead. Even though Jesus had told them what would happen, even though Jesus said that he would resurrect, it still was not on their radar. And so they run to the tomb. John got there first, but he didn't go in, I don't know, maybe a little cautious, maybe a little fearful, maybe he's in shock, doesn't tell us. From outside the tomb, he kind of looks in, sees the evidence, the, the strips of linen lying there, strips of that, that had been wrapped around Jesus' dead body just a couple days before. Then Peter came, and of course, Peter, headstrong, you know, uh, uh, act before he thinks. He runs right past John into the open tomb. Saw the same thing, strips of linen, along with the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, and that was rolled up kind of separate there. John then went inside at this point and tells us he believed. He believed. But, but we're told they still didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now, this was not the first resurrection that they had seen, that they had witnessed. During their time with Jesus, they had seen him raise several people from the dead. We read in Luke chapter 7 about Jesus encountering a funeral procession. And it was in the town of Nain. And there was a widow and she was bearing her only son. I love this part of scripture. He goes up to the coffin and he touches it and told the young man to get up. <laughs> and he did. That's a great story. And then we read in the book of Mark. And we also find the story in Matthew and Luke how Jesus went to the home of Jairus, a, a synagogue ruler, and, and brought Jairus' daughter back to life. Now, Jesus said, ah, uh, she's only sleeping, but everybody there was pretty sure she was dead, yeah, before Jesus did his job. And not long before Jesus' crucifixion, he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. After calling him out, he called him out after four days in the tomb. Mm. So the disciples had seen Jesus raise people from the dead, not just once or twice on several occasions. They'd seen it, and yet somehow it's different here this time with Jesus. With Jesus' death, they're not expecting a resurrection, even though he had, he had prepared them for that. He just didn't expect them to come back for, to life for some reason. Didn't expect an empty poom. Didn't expect empty linens. Didn't expect their Savior on the loose. By the way, when the Christian Christ is on the loose, you better watch out because <laughs> he's a wild man. He's got wild things planned, and you're part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible what he might call you to do. Disciples didn't expect Jesus to resurrect, and here's the reason, because they thought everything had stopped at the cross. Mary stood outside the grave crying. As she cried, she got down and looked inside the grave. She saw two angels dressed in white clothes. They were sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One angel was where his head had lain, and one angel was where his feet had lain. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? She said to them, 
Because they have taken away my Lord, I do not know where they have put him. After saying this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. (laughs) He said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought he was the man who cared for the garden. She said to him, sir, if you have taken Jesus from here, tell me where you have put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and said to him, teacher. So so Mary returns to the empty tomb and she has a conversation with two angels. That's pretty wild. Still wondering, she's still wondering where Jesus' dead body's been taken, still not understanding that Jesus has resurrected. She then has a face-to-face encounter with the risen Christ. She, She knows this guy. She's been around him for several years, and yet she doesn't recognize him when she's right there face-to-face. How could that possibly be? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we look different in the resurrected state. Maybe we get a different body, maybe a new and improved. I'm counting on that, aren't you? Can I have anybody with me on that? I'm counting on a new and different body in my resurrected state. Amen to that. On the other hand, maybe her tears were so great that she had trouble seeing clearly through her tears. The other hand is, maybe you've had this, I know I have, maybe she's not expecting to see Jesus and so alive, and so then when she does, she doesn't even recognize. You've been, ever been out of context, and you just didn't recognize? This happens to me all the time, especially, ladies, if you have big sunglasses on in a store, I'll probably walk past you. In fact, in the lobby today, somebody who's known me here for years, she's looking at me, and she kind of says, oh, I didn't recognize. I had my shades on in the lobby. She didn't recognize because I had my shades on right here at church, so maybe, maybe Jesus had his shades on, you know? And, and she didn't recognize him. I don't know. That's a good one, Alan. I do what I can. Yeah. Well, it is not until Jesus calls Mary by name that she recognizes him and everything falls into place, that she finally understands that Jesus has resurrected, that he is alive. And Jesus tells Mary something that's very interesting. He says, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me. I've been thinking about that, and don't we want to hold on to people we love? You know, my parents, our parents passed away a few years ago, and I just wanted to hold on to them. I didn't want them to leave. But then the place where they are is so much better than this place, and I had to let them go. And Jesus is just saying, let me go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and I can't do that until you let go of me. He said, go tell others. And tell them that I'm ascending to my father. I'm ascending to your father. And so she sent, she went to the disciples, and she gave the very first Easter sermon. Yes, she did. (laughs) She had seen the Lord, and she shared with them what Jesus had told her. Amen, amen. Yeah. The challenge for Mary Magdalene and the disciples was that they had stopped at the cross. They were there at the end when Jesus took his last breath on the cross. They were there when he willingly gave his life up for them, for you, for me. Um, For them, Mary and the disciples, that was it. 
That was the end of the story. Despite what Jesus had told them, all he had done, preparing them for what was to come, they had stopped at the cross, stopped at the cross. The cross is important. The cross is crucial. It's on the cross that Jesus sacrifices himself for the world. It's on the cross that Jesus gave his life. It wasn't taken. He gave his life for you and you and you and you and you and all of us. He gave his life in exchange for your sins and for mine. And as we said last week, forgiveness of sin requires sacrifice, a blood sacrifice. In the Old Testament, we read where they sacrificed animals for sin. But Jesus came and shed his blood. It's a once you know, never again, sacrifice of blood. Jesus did it for us on the cross. The cross is absolutely crucial for our salvation, absolutely crucial for life eternal. The cross is the most powerful symbol in the world, representing sacrificial love of Jesus for every single one of us. The cross is crucial. The cross is crucial. But the empty tomb is essential. The tomb is essential. Say essential. 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 And it's essential because it's the resurrection, and the resurrection goes beyond anything in this world. You see, the cross reminds us that Jesus was fully human. The empty tomb, the resurrection reminds us that he's fully divine. Mary Magdalene and the disciples, many others, stopped at the cross. And the problem is when that happens, it means death wins. It means the end of possibilities. It means the realities of this world, well, that's as good as it gets. <laughs> the resurrection of Jesus Christ reminds us that we aren't limited by what this world has to offer. We're reminded that God is in charge of all things of this world and, and the next world. We're reminded that with God, all things are possible. all things are possible. That's what this reminds us of. We're reminded that when Jesus is in the picture, it's never over. It might look like it's over, but it's never over when Jesus is in the picture. It reminds us when the doctor's call we thought was bringing challenging news, we're reminded that it's not the end. That news is not the end. Resurrection reminds us that we'll find love again in spite of the relationship that broke our heart. We're reminded by the resurrection that, that there are other jobs, not just the one that we no longer have. Ultimately, the resurrection reminds us that when we take our last breath here on earth, it ain't over. It ain't over. What it is, it's a time of transition. Transition from here and now to the there and then. Transition from who I was to who God wants me to be. From earth to heaven, from the finite to the infinite, from the everyday limits to the possibilities of eternity. Resurrection reminds us from the grave, it's a transition from the grave to the arms of the Savior. Transition from death to resurrection and life. 
Going back to John chapter 11, we see that Jesus arrives four days after the death of his friend Lazarus. Four days. Now Lazarus' sister, Martha, she is just distraught, and she tells Jesus that, that if only he'd been there, her brother would not have died. Trying to comfort her, Jesus tells her that her brother will rise again, and she is thinking of the heavenly resurrection when she says she knows that he'll resurrect at the last day. And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So there's that word again. That word again that we see all throughout the book of John, the Gospel of John. And that word is life. Life. Jesus is life. And if Jesus is life, then Jesus is the resurrection as well. The resurrection as well. You see, the cross brought death. Jesus brings life. He is life. Jesus never said, I am the cross. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He doesn't just talk about resurrection. He is the resurrection. He's the one who will be raised, who was raised from the dead, and he is the one who raises us from the dead, who brings new life here on earth and in heaven, and who tells us when we believe in him, we will never die. Mm. As we shared last week when Carrie and I were in um, um, seminary, we had the opportunity to go to Korea. We were supposed to uh, be in a culture, an immersion experience in a culture other than our own. And one of our vice presidents was from Korea, and she lined this trip up with the uh, Kwang Lim Methodist Church, largest Methodist church in the world, which is in Seoul, Korea. So they kind of hosted us. It was a wonderful trip, two and a half, three weeks, and uh, just an awesome trip. But this church is a pretty good-sized church, uh, like 80,000 members. It's crazy. But they own a mountain. <laughs> it's called Prayer Mountain. And and you go up Prayer Mountain, we had the opportunity to go up Prayer Mountain, there's a path up the mountain, and along the way there are stops to pray, and like little um, statues of aspects of Jesus' ministry, we can stop, maybe sit at a bench and, and pray as you go up the mountain. And, and up near the top is the place everybody's looking for, you know, it's very well worn, and that's the cross. Of course, everybody's going to stop and pray at the cross. If you look real carefully, though, the path doesn't stop there. You've got to look carefully, because... It's a little overgrown. It's not as well worn at that point. But if you look, it kind of goes up around the cross. And, and we took that path on pass, and it takes you up to the empty tomb. It's not as well worn, though, as the rest. And the reason for that is a lot of the people stop at the cross. They, they never get to the empty tomb. And the trouble with that is when, when we stop at the cross... We miss the most important part of the story. Never stop at the cross. Never stop at the cross. The cross is important. The cross is crucial. But the empty tomb is essential. Essential. Our Savior is on the loose. Is the Savior on the loose in your life? What's Jesus doing in your life? Jesus cannot be contained. And he can take us to places in our lives and using our gifts that are absolutely mind-blowing and we can trust him with everything we've got. 
Never stop at the cross because if we do, we miss the resurrection. We miss the best part of the story, and that's who Jesus is. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. That, my friends, is the absolute good news of the scripture. That is what he is who gives us life and breath. You are not here by accident. Your life is not a mistake. You are the one who Jesus calls into life and wants us to use our lives for his glory. He is alive and well. And that's the good news of the gospel. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you that you cannot be contained. You do all kinds of unexpected things. You're on the loose. You're in our lives. When we believe in you, you reside in us. God, help us reflect who you are and whose we are. Thank you so much for shedding your blood on the cross and help us never just stop there but realize that death did not win. That death was arrested. And it's because of that that we can live each and every day new. New life in Christ here on earth and in heaven. We thank you, God, for this day, this day that changed history. And we pray all this in your risen name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.